Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Over the Line Sports Layup Line and in the first episode of Season 2 of the Over the Line Sports Layup Line. With the NBA season looming very close, we're very excited to bring you guys another episode of the podcast. It's been long overdue. Today, we have, we're have we bringing you guys a tier list going into the season of kind of what team, what to expect from certain teams, uh, what teams could shock you, and kind of just basically a little, little just power rankings of the league, seeing where teams fit into our five tiers that we've created. Shout out already to the teams that will end up in the better luck next year. I'm sure you'll have your, uh, your shot at the cake. Join with me as always is my gracious co-host Nolan Russell. Nolan, what's going on? Nothing much. I mean, it's a big time for, uh, for sports fans like us. A lot of uh, sports watching, a lot of fantasy football, fantasy hockey. But aside from that, uh, not a whole lot going on. Yeah, as I said, with the first night of the NBA season looming very close, same with uh, well, the NHL season has already kicked off. Uh, I guess as we're speaking, in the last few days, but uh, very exciting time for sports. Everyone's kind of getting back in the kick of it. Everyone's getting antsy for everything to start uh, getting going at the same time. So very excited to be here. I guess without further ado, I guess we'll jump right in. So we have our five fantastic tiers that Nolan's created, and then we have all the NBA logos in the bottom that we're going to arrange as we deem fit. I'm sure there will be a bit of kind of back and forth at some of the teams, but some, as you could assume, are kind of more straightforward than others. So I guess we'll start at the top. We'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers. I guess I'll take the reins with this one. This one is a bit complicated for obvious reasons. Really just two words, Ben Simmons. He reported to camp recently. We don't really know how involved he's going to be going into the season. If he plays... I could see them being contenders, a possible top 10 team. But for now, I'd consider them a playoff lock. I think still with Joel Embiid and the team that they have around them, lacking Ben Simmons, I think they are still one of the, the one of the better teams, at least in the top half of the league. So I would probably be fine with making them playoff lock, if not play in contenders. I don't think they're quite good enough to be called legitimate contenders, even with Ben Simmons in the lineup, I think we've had the sample size enough that we've been able to see that that hasn't really worked considering Ben Simmons with what he's done in the off season has kind of killed any form of team chemistry. I really don't assume that him going back in the building is going to be the smoothest of sailings. So I don't know how you feel about that. I think playoff lock if, or if not playing contender, I think is where they should end up. I think uh, Philly is obviously a really tough one. We don't know what's going on with Simmons. Really. We don't even know a trade could potentially happen and maybe shake up their roster. And after that point, I'd be more willing to throw them into the contenders list. I think, you know, they were the number one seed in the East last year. Obviously, they've had this core for a while now. They haven't got past the second round even. So it does feel like I, I would probably agree that they're probably not quite at the contenders list yet, just based on the fact that everything going on with Simmons right now and the fact that they haven't really played that well in the postseason in the past. I would I would still throw them in as a playoff lock, though. Uh, I would agree with you on that. I think... You know, obviously we're assuming that no catastrophic injuries happen because, yeah. you know, that that could obviously change things. But, you know, assuming uh, everyone stays relatively healthy, I think Philly is a playoff lock. Yeah, I definitely agree. Do you want to uh, take a take over? We'll kind of alternate here. Yeah, I'm, Milwaukee's the reigning defending champs, obviously. So I, I think it would be disrespectful not to throw them in as the favorites. I think they're they're easily one of the, the two or three best teams in the league this year. Perhaps they're not necessarily number one in a lot of people's opinions but i think they're they're very much in that conversation so i would throw them in the favorites i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with you on that one they're very justified to be there as you said reigning champs extremely deep roster great two-way team i mean pretty much everything going about them and they have arguably the best player in the league and Giannis Antetokounmpo on that roster I guess I'll take the Chicago Bulls next. They've made a lot of great roster moves in the offseason. I love the way they've kind of rounded out their roster. I think that'll prove better for them considering what they've been able to do with the roster with additions like Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan. I would consider them a contender. I think that that team is good enough to definitely make a push. I think they have enough surrounding 
surrounding that organization, surrounding that roster to build good things going forward. I, I think I think they're a contender. If not, I would put them at playoff lock next to Philly. But me personally, I'd consider the Chicago, Chicago Bulls a contender this year. Personally, I'd throw them in as playoff lock simply because I just don't think they're going to be very good defensively. The additions of Lonzo and Caruso are definitely going to help. Their backcourt is going to get better. They added Derek Jones Jr. as well, who's not going to play a ton, but he he does add a little bit defensively. But I just think having Vucevic as your starting center and then Levine and DeRozan, like these are not the best defensive players. And to me, yeah. I, I just don't see a team like that being legitimate contenders. I think best case scenario is maybe a second round spot, but I don't see them. I think there's there's too many teams that I'd, I'd have above the Bulls. So for me, I'd throw them as a playoff lock. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with playoff lock. I think the lack of uh, defensive versatility and defensive prowess, I think, means a lot, especially going to the postseason. So I'm definitely fine with playoff lock. I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch this season. I saw their their first preseason game with uh, Caruso and DeRozan and Levine, all these guys just in transition. They're a lot of fun. They got a lot of ball movement, a lot of spacing, fast team. Even Vucevic is a really nice fit. So I think offensively, they're going to be really good, but I just don't think their defense is going to be strong enough to compete with the best in the league. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. And I think without further ado, I think we can kind of throw the Cleveland Cavaliers in the basement. I mean, a very young team, nonetheless. I think they have a lot of potential going forward, but I just, I really don't see them kind of being any anywhere but the bottom, unfortunately. I honestly, I kind of disagree. I think they are a potential play-in team this season. I think with Garland and Sexton both improving a lot, they they added, uh, they got Jared Allen now. Mobley is is pretty decent. They got a lot of young guys that are improving. Isaac Okoro is another guy I really like. They added some solid veterans and Ricky Rubio. They got Kevin Pangos from Europe now. I think they've got quite a bit of depth. I still, like, I, I don't think they're going to get into the play-in, but I think they are a contender to potentially end up as, like, the 10 seed and then end up in that play-in kind of spot. I would predict they're probably going to be more around, like, 11, 12, 13, but I think they definitely are in contention, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not quite sold. I think the I think as you said, the youth development is big with that team. And I think that although they have made a lot of strides, I don't quite see them like I could see them being a play-in team. I don't disagree with you there, but kind of I don't see them play kind of playing the world shockers in terms of the play-ins and beating a team that's a lot more talented and, and deeper than them. But I I I have no I have no ill will about putting them in the play-in contenders. I think they almost like fit in between these two. But I think if a few lucky bounces go their way, maybe a couple of the teams that are just above them get some injuries. I think that's definitely possible. They could end up in the play-in and then, you know, potentially a one-win scenario where they get into the playoffs and then they get swept. So <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I think they're they're very much in like in between these two. If you're more sold on better luck next year, though, I can I can throw them in there. I, you know I what? I'll give them. I'll give the Cavs the nod. I think them being the first playing contenders, I don't mind that. And to be honest, I would love to see I would love to see the Cavs kind of make a push for kind of that play in role. I do like a lot of players on that roster. I love the fro. Uh, Sexton's one of the most intense players in the league. I love watching him. Um, so I'm I'm fine with putting them in playing contenders. All right, I think it's a long shot, but I think it's it's definitely a chance. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. So let's uh, let's move on swiftly now to the Boston Celtics. They had a lot of, not even on the court, they had a lot of uh, front office movement this year. Uh, Danny Ainge resigned from his role as GM, being replaced by Brad Stevens. I don't really know how that's going to shake out. They do have a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, a lot of those got Marcus Smart, a lot of guys speak for themselves. 
I would probably put them on the same tier as the 76ers in terms of playoff lock. I wouldn't really consider them contenders. They do have a good roster. I think the way that they play, I think, suits kind of a second, first round exit in the playoffs. As you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of better teams that I would consider kind of making deeper pushes and being a bit more on the contender range than the Celtics. I think they are a playoff lock nonetheless. I think they end up finding themselves between probably four and six in the East. But yeah, I, I don't know if you disagree with that, but I think uh, I think playoff lock is where they should end up. I think they could get pushed into the play-in. I think a seven or eight is possible here, especially with the Bulls kind of getting better. But I would agree. I think they're probably a playoff lock. To me, they're almost like in between playoff lock and play-in contender, but I feel, I feel more confident as putting them as a playoff lock. And if that's where you feel, then I, I think we should go there. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Why don't you take it away with the uh, Clippers? This is a tough one. This is a tough one because I think yeah. the the health of Kawhi Leonard and when he's returning is a big question mark here. If Kawhi is healthy, like late in the season plus the postseason, I think they're a contender, potentially even a favorite. But if Kawhi is out, I wouldn't be shocked if they get pushed out of the playoffs altogether. I think the West is really strong this year. And aside from Paul George, they're not like, they're not that dynamic of a team offensively. Like, who's their number two without Kawhi? Is it Reggie Jackson, Marks Morris? Like, I don't know. What happens if Paul George gets hurt? I think there's a lot of questions with this Clippers team. So, yeah, I could kind of be inclined to put them as contenders or playing contenders. I think they can kind of go into either of those spots. I, I don't know. I think I'm looking at this more from a regular season perspective, and Kawhi is probably going to miss if not all of the regular season, at least the vast majority of it. So for me, I would rather put them in as a playing contender. I don't know how you feel about that, though. I was actually going to say I'd agree with that. That's kind of where I'd have them at. They're scoping Kawhi as to miss the majority of this season, if not all of the regular season, as you had mentioned. The biggest hole for this team for me, and I feel like people have talked about it for a while now, is their issues at point guard. They really haven't had an identity in terms of someone who fits the point guard role and has been able to kind of solidify themselves as kind of inputted inputted enough to justify them in the starting lineup i mean they did pick up eric bledsoe but is really eric bledsoe do you think he's the answer there i i personally do not think no. so um i i'm totally fine with them going and playing contender as you said a lot of their ranking here has to do with Kawhi and the fact that he's missing i would probably ballpark it at like 55 to 65 games i don't really i there's not enough on that team to justify putting them on the same tier as teams like the 76ers and the bulls and the celtics so i i think playing i think playing contenders is justified i think if Kawhi shocks the world and he comes back mid-season or mid to late season i think as you said easily gets pushed into playoff lock if not possible contenders if Kawhi comes back anywhere near uh, the form that he was in but i think for now playing contenders is good i do want to give some credit to reggie jackson because after Kawhi went down in the postseason last year, he went off. Like he was averaging yeah. like 19 and six or something. Can he keep that going for a whole regular season? I don't think so personally. My confidence in this team might go up a little bit if they do make a trade. They've been kind of rumored to potentially be after uh, John Wall, which I think would be a pretty good fit for them. Maybe even Ben Simmons defensively, they'd be really good with him. But either way, I just think the West is really strong this year. And without Kawhi, I, I agree. I think they're a playing contender. Move on to Memphis Grizzlies. This one, this one's tough for me because I'm a big fan of Memphis and what they've been able to build over the years. I think they've developed well, probably one of the deepest young rosters in the NBA when healthy. That's kind of the biggest question mark with this team is when healthy because there have been a lot of guys who have kind of simultaneously fallen like dominoes throughout the last few years. My gut instinct with this team is to put them as playoff locks because I think they're a very, very talented team. But the heart in me really wants to put them as the first contender. 
because I think that they they have a lot of potential this year. I don't know. It's it, it's probably not going to be the most popular opinion in the world. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what it is about the Grizzlies watching them watching them in a fairly small sample size. Considering other teams that I watch more, I really like what they were doing. I think Jaron Jackson coming back for what would hopefully be a full season is somewhat promising. I don't know. I think they're in that in between tier of playoff lock and play in contender. I really want to give them the contender nod. I just again I'm looking at the other teams that are at playoff lock, and I really don't I don't see them kind of besting some of those teams. I think the bottom end of playoff lock is good because I think it kind of makes them the middle ground between that and the play-in contender. I will say, though, duly noted, give this team a few years. I think they move into that contender uh, range for sure. I love this uh, Memphis team. They got a ton of depth, a lot of young guys that I think have a lot of room for improvement this year, especially Desmond Bain. I really like Desmond Bain. I think he's going to have one of the better, like uh, most improved kind of contenders. Like he, I think he'll be in that that race this year. I like Xavier Tillman a lot. As you mentioned, there's a lot of guys on this team that have injury history, like Jaron Jackson Jr. Is, is pretty consistently hurt every season, it seems like. And like I said with the Clippers, the West is just really, really good. So I'm kind of torn between playoff lock and playing contender. To me, a playoff lock is like six seed and up, like not really in that much danger, whereas like a seven or eight seed is more of a playing contender to me. And I think that's where Memphis is probably going to end up as like the seven or eight seed. So I'd be more... I'd be more comfortable putting them in playing contender personally, but if we're split on this one, I'd be willing to throw them in playoff lock. I think with your, with your brief explanation there of what we're kind of deeming to be the tiers, I think they do fit more into playing contender. I don't really see them breaking into the upper echelon of the West, as you had mentioned. I think I'm fine with playing contender, but honestly, again, don't be surprised if this is a team that kind of makes a push for five for four, like four through six, somewhere around there. Because I I mean, that like given last year, no one really expected them to beat the Warriors. And they came out and made a huge, huge uh, performance against the Warriors. So, yeah, I think playing contender is good. I think yeah, I agree. I think with Jamal Murray hurt this year, I think Memphis could pass Denver. I think Portland is kind of vulnerable. I could see them passing Portland. So I agree. I could see them moving up the West, but I'm just I'm not comfortable enough putting them there yet. Yeah, I agree. Now, the Atlanta Hawks, I think this is our first contender. I think given the way that they've played the last few seasons, big jumps in development from guys like Trey Young. I love the addition of Bogdanovich. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I know you you talk very highly on Bogey as well. I think they're our first contender. I wouldn't quite necessarily consider them a favorite, but I think the Hawks have proven enough to show me. And to be honest, I was a big, I wouldn't say a hater of the Hawks. I was a bit of a doubter. And they kind of, they silenced me a bit last year. They They did a lot better than I had expected them to. So they've kind of earned my respect. I would consider them to be a contender. If not, I would consider them to be a higher playoff lock somewhere between like the four and I don't know, maybe even five and three range in the East. I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean, if they play anywhere near the way that they played last year in the playoffs, it would not surprise me if they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it kind of depends on how far, like how far down we want to go with contender. Because I think there's, there's at least like three or four other teams that I would probably put in the contender spot over them. But yeah, they're definitely they're definitely at least a playoff lock. I I agree with you on that. I'm not sure if I do I see like a realistic scenario where the Hawks could make a, a dark horse run to like the finals like the Heat did two years ago. I don't think so personally. And that's mm-hmm. why I would probably throw them more as a playoff lock, but at like kind of the top of that playoff lock spot. But again, you know, we're kind of just like right in the middle on a lot of these teams earlier on in this in this thing for some reason it's i think it gets a little bit clearer as we get down the pack a little bit more the hawks are another one of those kind of fringe teams for me mm-hmm. but 
I don't know if you if you feel more comfortable with contenders, I'm I'm willing to put them in there. I think for the sake of the teams that are coming up, and considering we're only seven teams deep, I think for now, I think playoff lock is fine. Maybe when we go back and double back to see some of the teams that could move up or down, I think maybe we make an adjustment. But playoff lock, I think now that we've talked about, it, I think is a bit more fitting. Although again, like they could be one of those teams that's on the bubble of, as you said, making a dark horse run. I mean, very potent offense. I will say their defensive abilities, aside from one or two players on most of their roster, is not great. But I mean, they proved it uh, last year and even uh, for glimpses the year before that they can just outscore a lot of teams. I would say top of playoff lock is good. I think they kind of puts them on the same bubble as bottom of contender yeah. somewhere around there. And I mean, it's tough because we don't, we're not doing more than five tiers. So it's that weird kind of in-between stage for a lot of teams. But I think top of playoff lock is good. I, I would agree with that for now. And we can kind of move them around as we need to. Why don't we put one of these these two teams right here into the contenders? Which one do you feel more comfortable with, the Hawks or the Heat, as a contender? I would say the Heat. I agree. Personally. I agree. Okay, so I'm I will agree with the Hawks as a playoff lock, and I think Miami, with the addition of Kyle Lowry, with a lot of their young guys only seeming to get better. Last season was really fluky. They had a lot of COVID problems, a lot of injury problems. I think this is a legitimate dark horse contender this year. So. I would agree. I think they're a better team than the Hawks. And to me, they, they fit the contender mold a little bit better. I, I don't disagree at all. And I mean, you mentioned it right off the bat, but the addition of Kyle Lowry is going to be massive for that team, especially considering how young that team is. He's the kind of guy who can come in and make a huge impact in terms of player development and kind of just being a, a big glue guy. Like Kyle's always been, have found success wherever he's gone, even if it means a little bit of drop off in productivity, considering the amount of talent he has around him. It, it, it's a great fit. It's really the only hole in that roster that really needed to be filled. As you said, I think I, I would consider them to be in my top five teams in the league this year, top five or 10. Yeah, they're in that kind of area, five to five to seven, five to eight kind of area, I would say. So I, I think they fit the contender mold. Totally Next agree. up is the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, you can't see it in the back, but I got I got my Lamella ball sitting on my pillow there. Um, bit of a homer, but I I really like what Charlotte's building right now. I think a little bit of guard influx. I will say they've kind of they've kind of treaded the bubble in terms of how many guards they brought in over. Not the as year. bad anymore though. It used to better. be way worse. I will say this one this one's more playing contenders for me. I don't think they quite break into the playoff lock, especially considering. Yeah, I think I think playing contender sounds right to me. I think the sample size with the core that they have, especially considering how young they are, I don't think we've kind of seen enough to put them in the playoff lock kind of category. I think play-in contender is good. I think we will see a big jumps from a few of those players on that roster. I think Bridges is kind of poised to yep. have a big year. I think Lamelo is going to have a massive jump in productivity this year. I really like, as I said, I really like what Charlotte's building. I think give them a few years. I think they're going to do, we're going to see a nice little upward pro progression of where they're going in the league in terms of the echelon and the rankings. I think for now playing contender, considering we're, we're putting it between seven and 10, I think that's kind of a good spot for Charlotte. Yeah, this, this is the easiest one for me so far. I think, I think they're definitely a playing contender. I think they will almost certainly end up in that kind of like, eight to 13 kind of range they're going to be definitely competing for a play-in spot all year i feel like i don't think they're ever going to get into that kind of top six and i don't think they're ever going to be pushed further down than like 12th or 13th so to me this is just like the definition of a playing contender right here yeah i agree all right we got the utah jazz next all right you want to you want to take the jazz sure they're obviously they're coming off a really great season where they, they had the best record in the league in the regular season Kind of a disappointing playoff run ended in the second round uh, to a Kawhi-less Clippers team that just kind of got really hot. To me, this is like, I, I don't think they're quite into that favorites category, so they just fall to contenders to me. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. That's right to me. That's where, uh, in my mind, that's kind of where I had them. As you said, uh, kind of a disappointing end last year, considering how well they did in the regular season. But we'd be ill-willed if we kind of put them any low, anywhere lower than contenders, because that's definitely where they deserve to be. They have, they've proven that they're one of the best teams in the NBA. It's kind of just making that next step in terms of playoff run that's much needed in their resume. But yeah, I, I really like what they got going. I mean, one of the better, um, one of the better two-way teams in the league. I, yeah, I have no argument with putting them in contender. All right, I'll, t- I'll let you take the lead with uh, Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, I think is a play-in team as well. They're on the fringe of playoff lock for me because I think a lot, a lot to do with that roster has to do with kind of everyone being healthy at the same time, much like a team like Memphis. I mean, the growth of Buddy Heald has been unbelievable to watch. I mean, he's come a long way in the last few years. He's one of my favorite scorers in the NBA. I do see them kind of somewhere being around seven and ten, maybe even making a push for somewhere like six, but that. Again, that's very dependent on the teams above them kind of uh, faltering and falling below them. I think top of playing contenders sounds right. Even in the right scenario, as I said, if certain teams slide, I think I could see them as more of a playoff lock category in the bottom end. But I think playing I think playing contenders just sounds right for Sacramento for me. I think they're more towards the bottom of playing contenders. I definitely agree. I think they're a playing contender. I just think, to me, the uh, looking at the West, I think there's, there's like 10 or 11 teams I, I feel are better than Sacramento. But definitely... They could make a push and get into the playoffs. But yeah, I, I think they're definitely a playing contender. Now, the New York Knickerbockers. Um, <laughs> they were the four seed last year, right? Four or five. Yeah, I think they're the four seed. Yeah, I think they're um, the four. So you would think that they're a playoff lock. But with, I think Miami is going to be a lot better this year. I think Boston is, you know, assuming they don't have a lot of injuries and COVID issues like they did last year, I think they should be better than the Knicks. I think Atlanta is going to be better than Knicks. I think Chicago could potentially be better. So I'm almost tempted to throw them down into playing contenders because they feel to me like more of a seven or eight seed in the East this year. Yeah, I agree. As as much as I want to give them give them their respect from last season, I just don't really see them fitting in because in terms of if you look at the teams that we've already listed from the East, like I don't think that they really eclipse any of the teams that we've already listed, the six that we have there that are from playoff lock to uh, our favorite in terms of the box. So I think playing contenders good. I think they will find themselves anywhere between, I'd say six and nine, six and 10. Yeah. I think it's a good spot. I think, yeah, I think they're like at the top of this tier probably, but yeah. I just, I don't feel comfortable putting them as a playoff lock. I think Julius Randall kind of slowed down in the postseason last year. So, you know, maybe he just had like one of those seasons where he just kind of went off. I do like the additions they made this off season. I think Kemba Walker is a good fit, but the problem with Kemba is he's never healthy anymore. So I don't know. I just think it could they could be primed for disappointment this year, even though in theory they're a better team than they were last year. I just think a lot of the teams around them are also better. So I could see them getting pushed down a little bit. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about a lot of these teams is that a lot of teams around where we would have these teams usually are kind of making upward trends where in terms of other teams are kind of middling. So it makes it hard to kind of arrange that. Um, let's just, I know it's a bit cart before the horse, but we could just put the Lakers in favorites. It just, there's no, there's no other argument there. I mean, probably on paper, the best team in the NBA, I will say, I, I really, I, I have no ill will saying that, uh, again, a bit of a homer considering the Jersey I have back there, but I think it, I think that'll prove to be a good addition. I mean, a lot of people are talking in terms of fit, how it may not work, but I think there comes a point when you are surround so many superstars in the same floor, considering Russ doesn't miss time. Like he's, he's never a guy who's gone down, missed a significant amount of time due to injury. So I really see his productivity being a huge bolster of that team. I don't see him kind of being a hindrance of what they have going. Yeah, I think I think they're kind of favorites. There's really not much more to be said. I think Russ and LeBron on the court together is kind of a little weird, but the thing is, like, you can put LeBron on the bench for a few minutes and let Russ run the offense, and then vice versa. 
And, you know, LeBron's obviously going to sit out a lot of games. He's probably going to get hurt at some point. Unfortunately, that's kind of the reality at this point. So I do think Russ is a good fit to kind of bridge the gap whenever LeBron gets hurt or whenever he sits. I'm not I'm not completely sold on this Lakers team. I think they're a, they're a very old team, a lot of injury history here. There's definitely potential that they could kind of just have bad luck like they did last year. But on paper, they're definitely a favorite. They have to be. Yeah, I yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you there. All right, now we're on to my pick for the worst team in the league this season, the Orlando Magic. I, I <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was actually going to say uh, they will be the first team in the better luck next year. Just I don't want to say nothing going for them, but too much youth with I would really say not really enough to prove me to put them in playoff playing contender. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like they have a lot of yeah. good pieces. The the pick of Suggs, I think was big for them. I think it'll be a good piece for them going forward. Um, even guys like Isaac, I think they'll be able to build something nice around those guys, but there's not really enough, as I said, to put them in uh, playing contenders for me. They're just a weird team this year. They got like, they still got Gary Harris and Robin Lopez and like all these Terrence Ross, a bunch of these veteran guys that just don't really fit. They have way too much depth on a team that just doesn't have anyone that good. Like everyone on this team is just kind of mediocre. And I don't know how the minutes is going to work with all these guys. Like they've got Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba and Robin Lopez. And I think they still have Mo Wagner too, potentially like that's four centers at point guard. You got Fultz, you got Cole Anthony, you got RJ Hampton, Jalen Suggs. Like, how are they all going to fit together? I don't know. This team just seems really weird to me. I love Jonathan Isaac. I think Jalen Suggs is a good fit. Mo Bamba has started to, to look better, but I just don't think they're going to be very good this year. I hope that the Magic are going to make a lot of moves because this core, as it currently is, is just really weird. Doesn't fit that well at all. So I don't I was, think they're going to be very good. Say, I, I think it just it screams dysfunctional to me, especially considering how much depth you said they had at certain positions. I think with a few good moves, I think this team has potential. I think even maybe to break into the mid to lower tier of the playing contenders. But that's also considering that they actually make worthwhile moves to bring in players who can benefit the roster and kind of balance things out. And the likelihood of that going into the season or even making a move like that at the deadline for a team like this, considering how much youth they have, I feel is unlikely. If they end up facilitating some trades and kind of manipulating their assets, I think they could end up having a lot of potential. Yeah, I think a few years down the line, they could be good, but this year they're going to be really bad, I think. Yeah. Now we have the Dallas Mavericks. This one's interesting to me because I think they're the first bridge for me, at least between contender and favorite, strictly on the back of Luka. I wouldn't quite consider them to be a favorite for the fact that I don't think that they match up well against a team like the Lakers or even maybe the Jazz. But I also I also would be amiss if I put them in the lower tier of playoff lock, if that makes sense. They're kind of a weird gel team between the top three tiers. I wouldn't quite, there's not enough for me to put them at favorite. They have a very strong case for contender, but they also do not deserve to be, I would say, at the bottom of playoff lock, in my opinion. I think they're at the very least at the top of playoff lock, probably. Again, with the West being so tough, they could get pushed all the way back to the seventh seed potentially, but I just think this year that they're going to be a little bit better. And a lot of the other teams just kind of got a little bit worse. You know, obviously the Nuggets are going to be without Jamal Murray. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think the Mavericks are at least a playoff lock. Whether or not they're a contender kind of depends on on how much they can really surround Luka with talent, how, how good Porzingis is. As someone that used to watch the Bucks a lot when uh, Jason Kidd was their coach, I'm not really a big fan of him as a coach, so I don't know if I personally agree with their their hiring of him, especially because I'm a big Rick Carlisle fan who they used to have. I would feel more comfortable with them as a playoff lock, but I think if you want to throw them as a contender again, I, I don't necessarily oppose that. 
especially with as much young talent as they have potentially getting better. Luke, as you said, is just amazing. So he could single-handedly kind of push them into that contender spot. But to me, they're more of a playoff lock. Yeah. Yeah, I think top tier playoff lock makes sense. All right. Yeah, we move on to that's very interesting team. This one's tough for me because on one hand, you have a team that's extremely deep, much like a team like the Lakers. I mean, very, I I would say kind of upper tier supporting cast in terms of guys who aren't quite necessarily stars or at least stars anymore. Harden Durant on the same floor holds enough weight as it is. Biggest question mark is Kyrie. Will he get vaccinated? Will he even play this year? Much like a Ben Simmons, he's kind of a question mark right now. We've seen great splashes of all three of them on the floor at the same time, although the sample size was small. I think they logged, was it just over 10 games or just under 10 games? I think it's under 10 games. Yeah, it was like eight or nine, not a lot. The likelihood that we see a fully strengthened Nets team play together for the majority of the season, I think is basically a pipe dream at this point. I'm I'm all to be proven wrong in this. I would love to see all three of them on the floor dominating, but the likelihood of that I think is very slim. I think they still deserve to be contenders. I think they have enough on that roster aside from Kyrie to prove that they're contenders. I think with Kyrie back, and if all of them play at the same time, I would have an argument to put them in favorites. But again, the likelihood of that is very slim. I think so with I think, Kyrie, they're definitely favorites. Yeah. I think without him, they might still be favorites. There's still a team that has Kevin Durant and James Harden, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I I would say I would say top of contenders, if not bottom of favorites, but I would still I would be just as fine with having them as uh, favorites as I would with contenders. Yeah. I think without Kyrie, to me, they are not quite as strong as the Bucks or Lakers but probably stronger than the Heat and Jazz, like just looking at what we have right now. So they're almost, again, another kind of fringe team where I, I could put them as favorites or contenders, but you seem to be more leaning towards contenders, right? It's tough. Like, again, they have enough They have enough for me to put them in favorites. I just think without Kyrie, as you said, I don't think they're quite on the level of the Bucs and the Lakers. I would be just as fine, as I said, with putting them in favorites as contenders. I think for me personally, looking at the roster that they have and their potential with all three of them on the same floor, I will anticipate that it will happen at some point, whether or not it happens in the beginning of the season, mid-season, end-season. I think we will get to see all of them on the same floor coexisting at the same time. It's just... They have a lot of really good, like, as I said, supporting cast on that team, even past James Harden and Durant, like still Patty Mills, Millsap, Aldrich, Griffin, guys who can definitely come in and contribute. I, I think I think they're favorite. I'm fine with playing them as the third favorite that we have. Yeah, I think they're I think they're the third favorite. I would agree. I think they're they're not quite as strong as those other two, assuming Kyrie's not available. But if Kyrie is available, then they definitely deserve that favorite spot. And even without them, I think they're kind of debatable there. So I, I would probably put them in favorite as well. For sure. All right. Now, considering Jamal Murray's out, where are we slotting the Denver Nuggets? Oh, man. I think, I think this, this I think is one of the hardest ones we've had so far, I think. I think they're at least a playoff block because they still played really well without Murray last year. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a great season. He can kind of help fill that gap a little bit. Um Obviously, Jokic is the reigning MVP. And Murray is hopefully going to be back towards the end of the season, which I, I almost I almost want to put him in contender. What do you feel about that, though? To be honest, as you said, we've seen, we've seen how they play without Murray, and it just seems like a lot of guys who usually wouldn't get, I wouldn't even say the kind of opportunity, but the kind of touches that they got without Jamal Murray in the lineup and how well they played. I think there is enough for this team to be contenders. Now, do I think that they're better than the Jazz without Jamal Murray? 
you can, that would take a bit of convincing for me. But I, I would still consider the Nuggets a really strong contender. I mean, as you mentioned, like I think MPJ is going to have a really big year. Even, I mean, I saw a lot from Bulbul in the preseason this year, and I've watched, <laughs> watched a lot of his workouts. He's coming a long way quick. So I think if they can find a way to kind of get him on the floor at the same time as Jokic, however that may work, I think that could be a really scary front court combo. Um, but I, I do really like, I like the Nuggets and what they have. It's just whether or not Jamal Murray will be back at some point. But again, I would put them like, this is another fringe team for me because I would mm-hmm. definitely consider them a contender, but if they're not a contender, then I think they're at the top of playoff lock. Um, I think, I think I'm willing to put them in contender. I think they're, they're good enough to be at least a playoff lock without Murray. And I think when Murray comes back, that kind of puts them into contender for me. So that's, yeah, that's how I, I would, how I would feel about it. But. I have no argument with that. I'm fine with them being a contender. All right, we got the Pacers next. Pacers are another one that I feel pretty comfortable throwing into play in contenders. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to have them too. Um, again, they have a they have a lot of good players on that team. I mean, I'm a huge Miles Turner guy. I mean, we've talked about this at length, like even off the podcast. I do really like Miles Turner. I know you do as well. Um, but even the team that they have, I really like. Uh, Lavert is kind of a question mark whether or not he'll actually be healthy. Um, that's kind of one of the bigger question marks. That is, I, that is the question mark of their entire team, basically. Yeah. You know, Brogdon's kind of gotten hurt the past two seasons. Turner, Turner is kind of injury prone at times too. TJ Warren missed basically the entire season last year. Lavert has been injury prone the past few years, but on paper, like that's that's a really strong team. Especially yeah. was I didn't even mention Sabonis. Like that starting five is really good if they're healthy. Exactly. I think they the big could end. end up surprising a lot of people this year and getting into the playoffs but I think they're probably more of a fringe playoff team of playing kind of team. By the um, way, little, little asterisks, instead of referring to him as TJ Warren, let's refer to him as bubble Jordan, like the correct term, please. <laughs> um, no, I do agree. I think, I think the Pacers that are definitely playing, uh, playing contenders as of right now, um, if they can manage to get all of their core on the same court, healthy at the same time, I actually think that they have a chance to move up to a playoff lot kind of team. But again, that's the big question mark. Like we had just mentioned. So, um, I think that play in contender is good. I think really, I do see them going anywhere between, I think we're bubbling it at seven and 10, even, even six, maybe if they end up playing really strong, but yeah, I think playing contenders, right. I think it's justified. Yeah. I think you want to just throw the Pelicans in there too. I, yeah. I feel Pelicans. Basically... Yeah. I was going to say Pelicans are right there as well. I think a lot of what we said about the Pacers can kind of apply to the Pelicans too. Um, exactly. I think they're probably in the sort of six to six to 13 range sort of because the West is just, like there's basically 13 teams that I think have playoff chances in the West. Yeah. I could see them falling down all the way to like 12 or 13. I could also see them rising up to like six or seven. I think they got a lot of good young talent. The big question mark for me is how do they fill the hole of Lonzo ball? Is Nikhil Alexander Walker going to step up and kind of be a really good point guard for them? Is Devonta Graham able to kind of fill that role? I don't know, but I like the addition of Valanchunas. I think Zion and Brandon Ingram are going to continue to improve. So I do like the Pelicans team on paper. But I liked them on paper last year and it didn't really work out. So I think they're more of a play on team. I'm in the same boat with you. I had a lot of faith in the Pelicans last year. And I'm not going to say they disappointed me because I really, I won't say the expectations were to the ceiling. I didn't really see them beating the upper echelon in terms of the teams that they were going to be facing. But uh, yeah, I think they definitely deserve playing contenders. I would consider them like middle to top tier of playing contenders because I do think that they're a bit, a bit more promising in terms of teams that will make the playoffs as opposed to teams who will kind of have to fight for it near the end of the year. But yeah, I think playing contenders is right. That, that sounds good to me. And then uh, we can throw Detroit in better luck next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Um, I got no shot, I don't think. I hope the best for Cade Cunningham. I don't know how much faith I have in the Pistons front office. 
we'll kind of see where that goes. I like their their young core. I, I do. Think, I do like their young core. I think Killian Hayes has a lot of potential. I think Sadiq Bay was really good for them last year. Zay Stewart's pretty he good. He had a good year. Jeremy Grant looked really good last year, obviously. So, and he's still like he's only like twenty seven ish. So I, I I like their team going forward, but this year they're going to be really bad. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. There are a lot of guys who they have who have played well. As you mentioned, I mean, Sadiq Bay had a big year last year, Killian Hayes, and of course, Isaiah Stewart. They do have a lot of youth, but I think if that team develops how I see them developing, I think they can get to the play and contender tier kind of very quickly, if not kind of exceed that in the next few years. But I think for now, I think better luck next year is very, very suited for them. All right, I'm going to let you take the lead uh because you're a Raptors fan, so yeah, you, 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 you did. I'm not going to expose you on the podcast, but the Toronto Raptors, this one's tough for me because I think I have a lot of hope for this team. I like the way this team is built. I will say for full validity of the podcast, I wasn't as happy with the pick of Scotty Barnes as I would have been with Jalen Suggs, but considering how he's played in the preseason, considering how well he fits in with the team. He's just a good guy. He's got very positive energy. He's going to bring a lot to the city. I think he's a good fit. With all things considered, I still think that there are a few kind of question marks with this team. How do you replace Lowry in the lineup? I don't think you make Fred the ball dominant guard. I think he's better off the ball. Uh, Do you kind of thrust a guy like Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent in there? I think there's a few, a few things that need to be worked out with this team. I would consider them to be in the play-in contender tier. I would not put them in the better luck next year tier. I think that they are a better team. I think they will prove to be a better team than people will give them credit for. I don't quite say they're a playoff lock. I think that's a bit of a stretch for this team, considering how much growing kind of the core of this team still needs to do. But I think playing contender is right. I see them going anywhere between seven and 10 in the East. I think they have a lot of potential. They have the potential to surprise people. I think playing contender is good. I agree. I think they have the potential to get into the playoffs. OG Anunobi has looked really good in preseason. He's one of my favorites to win most improved player this year. I think he's going to have a great season. But, you know, Siakam's obviously hurt to start the year. He's not going to be out very long, but he is hurt. I like the fact that they're coming back to Toronto. I think last year was a very fluky season for them. But as we've kind of been talking about throughout this this video podcast, there's a lot of really strong teams in these this year. And I think, to me, they just fit as more of a potential, like, 8 to 11, 8 to 12 kind of team to me. So I think they're more of a play-in contender. Yeah, totally agree. All right, Houston Rockets. Here's another team that I feel kind of similar as I do with the Cavs. I think this is a team that could potentially just pull the plug early on in the season and just tank and end up in that better luck next year kind of tier. But on paper, I actually kind of like this squad, and I think they have a chance to to make a run at a play-in team. I like Christian Wood a lot. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have a great season. I like the addition of Jalen Green. I think he's one of the more NBA-ready rookies going to be in that rookie of the year kind of conversation they've got good depth i don't know how long they're going to keep guys like eric gordon and and daniel house and daniel tice but if they do stay for this year they're pretty pretty solid role players for the team i like senjun he's going to have a decent rookie season i think so they got they got pretty good depth they've got kpj and wood who i think are both good enough to potentially play them into like that 10 spot for the play-in team but they're kind of on the back end of a playing contender for me. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, and there was one name that you didn't mention that I really like them picking up out of the draft, and that's Josh Christopher. He's one of the most, I would say, athletically gifted players in this draft, and he's got a really strong knack of finishing through contact. And I think he's going to add a lot to that team going forward. And I think 
him growing alongside a guy like Jalen Green, who's kind of a u- athletic unicorn. This team has potential to be really good. Like they could they could regain the kind of old Rockets dynasty we saw with uh, Prime Harden there. And uh, I would I wouldn't say anytime soon. There is still a lot of growing that needs to happen, considering how young this team is. But like you said, I think they're kind of on the same Cavs tier where they could surprise people or they could absolutely just tank. So yeah. I think lower lower end of playing contenders is fine for me. I wouldn't quite say that they're bad enough to say better luck next year because I think, as you said, they have a lot of really talented young pieces on that team. But yeah, playing contenders is good. All right. How do you feel about the Spurs? Mm. I think a lot of what we just said about Houston can apply to San Antonio also. Yeah, I I would agree. There was a lot of lot of bigger losses for this team this year. I mean, Patty Mills and DeMar DeRosa to start it, but Kelton Johnson, I think, has he's probably going to be carrying the load with Derek White this year, I would say. There aren't many and other Murray. guys. Yeah, and, and Dewante Murray. I like um, Murray a lot, but yeah, I do I do like Dewante Murray as well. I, I don't know why I forgot about him, but yeah, they're they're a team who can make a push. Do I see them beating some of the stronger teams ahead of them? Not necessarily. But again, one of those teams that could just as easily rise as they could just as easily fall. So I think mid play in contenders is good. I think they're 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 a bit more stretched to be a playoff team for me. I think they're going to finish anywhere between maybe nine and thirteen or nine and twelve, as we're kind of estimating for teams like the Raptors. Yeah, I I would say playing contenders. I wouldn't quite necessarily say better luck next year because I would still I would still say they're kind of on the bubble. Greg Popovich has, you know, they've never been bad with Greg Popovich. So I, I don't I don't feel comfortable putting him in the better luck next year category, but I think there's a very good chance they could end up as like the 14th seed in the West this year. I don't I don't like their team that much. I just don't I don't think they're very good this year, but I'm also not comfortable not throwing them into playing contender because I think they could make a rise. I mean, obviously they were in the play in last year, but that was with DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills and Rudy Gay, and they lose all of those guys. I, I just don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I don't know. I, I can't, I can't throw them in better luck next year. I think there's, there's still a chance that they could get into that plane. I agree. And I also don't want to disrespect pop. One of the greatest coaches of all time. I feel like that's a bit unjust considering this is really the first slide I would say they've had in their dynasty, like significant drop in their dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll respect the pop. I think this is a team that for lack of a better term, I would say is going through an early, like kind of rebuild, kind of a lot of retooling that needs to happen on those team. A lot of guys who are still developing, kind of finding their own with the Spurs, but I like, I like where they're headed. I like where they're trending. I like the combo of uh, Johnson and Murray. I think it's going to be a good combo going forward that they could build around, but I think there is still a lot of work to do. I think they have a lot to prove the Phoenix suns. I think they're the top end of the contenders wouldn't necessarily say they're a favorite. I don't think they break into that top three that we currently have sitting there, but I think they're definitely contenders. I think playoff lock is a bit disrespectful considering how well they played last year and how, how like how much they showed. I, I really don't think there's much more to be said. I think DeAndre Ayton makes another big jump. Devin Booker solidifies himself as still being one of the best scorers in the NBA. Enough said, really, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're top of the contenders. The age of Chris Paul is the only thing that, that makes me a little bit concerned plus his injury history. That does worry me a little bit, but I think they have a good enough team around him to to still be a playoff team, even if he goes down and if he stays healthy. I think they're a contender, so I agree. Then we got the OKC Thunder. I think we can pretty comfortably put them in better luck next year. I don't think yeah. they have any interest in winning this season. <laughs> Last year, they were, they were doing pretty well, and then they're like, okay, Al Horford, you can just stop playing at this point because we're winning too many games. <laughs> let, so. let, let's go. Let's go out and get a draft pick. They just they don't have any interest in winning. I don't think their team is terrible. Like I think they are better than the Magic and probably better than the Pistons. But I also don't think they really have that much interest in winning. Like they're going to play Pokushevsky thirty minutes a game just because they want to try to give him some reps and give him some touches and and let him play. Even though I, I he's, like he's not. I, you've you've ready, swung really. you've swung me a lot on Poku though. I can't lie. You've you've made <laughs> me a fan. 
I love Poku's potential, but he is not NBA ready yet. No. But they don't care. They're just going to no, throw they're, him they're going to thrust him in the limelight. Yeah. They don't care. They have nothing to lose. Exactly. So that's um, why I put them in better luck next year. Even though, in theory, if they really wanted to compete with like SGA, Dort, they added Derek Favors. I like Baisley. They could be kind of decent if they wanted to, but they don't want to. So no, I, they're better luck yeah. next year. Yeah, I think they're going to find a kind of find themselves anywhere between, I'd say, 10 and 14. I don't really necessarily consider them basement of the West. I don't think they're that bad. But as you said, I really don't see them kind of striding to make huge progress this year in terms of a playoff push. I will say I am really happy with the addition of Josh Giddy, though. I think Josh Giddy is one of the better players in the draft this year. He does have a lot to kind of work on, but I think with the OKC and considering the other players they have around him, I think he has a lot of potential to grow fairly quickly. And I guess we could just move swiftly on to the, uh, to the Timberwolves if you want to take that away. Yeah, I think... To me, they're a playing contender. I put them very much in the kind of conversation with the Kings and Pelicans as a team that, you know, if they stay healthy, if they get on a bit of a roll, they can definitely get into the playoffs. But the West is just so competitive that I could also see them kind of falling back into the basement like they have the past few years. They get hurt all the time. But in theory, this is a pretty solid team if they if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I don't disagree either. Biggest thing, as you mentioned, was the health. If they're on the floor at the same time, I don't disagree. They're a very talented team. <clears throat> I mean, Ant, Ant made huge strides early last year. I mean, kind of really came into his own. And I mean, really, just the him with Cord, uh, with him, D'Lo, and Cat, I really like. They even have a really uh, bunch of good supplementary pieces. And they're still one of the only teams that's really in the cards for uh, Ben Simmons still. Like, they're kind of still trying to tread the waters, kind of see how other teams play it, what they've kind of offered. Uh, we talked about it before we got started uh, regarding the Malcolm Bar- uh, Brogdon trade that they rejected. I mean, if they could put together a package, even somewhere close to that, that they would consider accepting, I still think Ben Simmons going into uh, Minnesota means a lot to them. I think that he will prove to be a nice piece, especially considering I would say they're kind of a weaker defensive team. I mean, Cat doesn't have the best defensive prowess at center. He kind of has the reputation of kind of being bullied by bigger centers. So I think bringing a guy like Ben Simmons in to kind of be versatile like that, I think would definitely benefit them. But barring that happening for whatever reason, I do I do say that they're kind of more the playing contenders team. What about uh, Portland? What do you think? I would, I would say they're playoff locks. I would say they're playoff locks. I don't think they're quite on the bubble enough for me to put them in playing contenders. I mean, there is a lot of volatility in terms of really – they're kind of a middling team. I really don't think they didn't really do much. I think them getting hopefully Nurk back for a full season, I think will do a lot for that team. I'm a big fan of Nurk, but I, again, it's kind of just going to be one of those we'll see situations because I don't, I don't really know what to expect. I think they could finish really anywhere between like four and nine, four and 10. Like it really, they could end up sliding for whatever reason. So I think play, I think playoff lock sounds a lot better to me than playing contender. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I have a sneaky suspicion. They're going to lean more towards playing contender. <laughs> But I think playoff lock or playing or top of playing contender, I think is right. Who do you like more between them and Memphis? My gut's telling me Memphis. My gut is also telling me Memphis. And I'm looking at the board. We got the Lakers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Mavs. So there's five teams. That means basically there's one more team that's kind of a playoff lock. And I think looking at the, the three teams we have left, one of them is in the West. And one of them to me is more of a playoff lock than Portland. I think, I think Portland, there's a very good chance to end up as a seven to nine kind of seed this year. Yeah, I, as I said, I think they could really find themselves anywhere between four and five and like 10. So, I mean, I don't disagree with them being playing. Yeah, I would, um, yeah, with you bringing that up, I think putting it in perspective, I think Memphis really does do a lot more for me than Portland. And I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, but even seeing the team that follows Portland, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I mean. <laughs> that's a big, that's, that's a big question mark for me there. Like, I think for now, I think we put Portland in playing contender. I think yeah. that could definitely be a little bit of TBD depending on what we see early. 
I think maybe this could definitely be the list that we use throughout the season to kind of manipulate a little bit. I think we could definitely play around with this as things start to develop. But I think for now, I think playing contenders makes a bit more sense. I think Portland is at the top of playing contenders along with the Grizzlies and Clippers there in the West. I think the three of those teams, almost one of them, one of them is almost certainly going to end up in the plan, probably two of them. I think Portland belongs in that conversation. I think they could end up, as you say, like they could easily end up as high as a four seed. Like I don't think the Nuggets and Mavericks are like untouchable for them. They could pass them, but I have a little bit more confidence in those teams a little bit more confidence in the team we're about to talk about than I do in Portland. So to me, they're more of a playing contender. I agree. I agree completely. So I guess without further ado, now that we've already alluded to it, the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson's coming back. People are skeptical about what kind of percentage of health he's going to be back at and how well he's going to play. I think Clay's going to do Clay. I think Clay's going to come in, shoot a bunch of threes, average 21 a game, and just be supplementary scoring. How good he's going to be defensively as he usually is, I think is going to be the biggest question mark because he does provide a lot of defensive like ability for that team. I don't think Golden State is way more of a playoff lock than a team like Memphis or a team like Portland, but I will say they are more of a playoff lock than them. I think considering you still have Steph Curry, one of the best players in the league, let alone best scorers, um, you still have a lot of good pieces around. I mean, Draymond's still kicking around. I mean, James Wiseman's starting to come into his own. Uh, Kaminga's going to be on that team, so I think he's actually going to provide a lot. And that's starting five alone. If Clay's healthy, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and James Wiseman. And I mean, Kaminga off the bench even. Like, that's that's a very, that's a pretty good team. That's a very good starting five. I'm fine with putting them in playoff lock. I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way. But uh, yeah, I, I'm cool with playoff lock. So you don't think they're a contender, though? You think they're more of a playoff lock? Okay, but are we considering them more of a contender than I think, the Mavericks? I think it depends on how, how healthy Clay is and how, how strong he is coming back. But I kind of like this Golden State team. I think they're kind of a dark horse. I, I think Jordan Poole is going to be one of the front runners to win most improved, possibly sixth yeah. man of the year. I think Wiggins, Wiggins showed a lot for them last year and is a really good role player. I think Draymond still fits his role really well. Steph Curry alone is going to – I think I think they're a contender, to be honest with you. To, I I don't I don't hold any ill will about putting them a contender. It's just the biggest question mark is how healthy is Clay and how well will he fit back in with that team and will he be able to make the same two-way impact that he usually does? If Clay comes back at eighty percent or better, they're definitely a contender. If Clay for whatever reason ends up being a shell of himself and becomes Kyle Korver, then they're more of a playoff lock. But I think more likely than not, we're going to see more like the same Clay. I don't think he's going to be as explosive, but I think he's going to provide almost just as much as he did in the past. Um, and I know that's a lot to say considering the severity of his injury, but I hold again, no ill will about putting them in contenders. I think they've done, I think they've proven that they have every right to be a contender. Yeah. I think they're kind of bottom of contenders, but I think they're just as good as Miami. I was going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't in terms of the West outlook, I wouldn't put them above the Suns or the jazz, at least maybe the nuggets. Yeah. I, I would say content. I think I'm fine with contenders. I think they're kind of the bottom of the contenders, but to me, they're still a little bit better than the Mavs, at least in terms of championship equity like how how likely this team could potentially win i think i have more confidence in the warriors than the mass yeah yeah i don't disagree with that and um, then last up is the washington wizards and i think this is probably one of the easier ones for me they're they're playing contender yeah they got a I, lot of depth bradley beal is well. like one of the best scorers in the league at this point bradley beal is uh, gonna average 28 <laughs> they're gonna probably end up as like the 10 to 13 so maybe they just barely get into that play-in i like daniel gafford at center now thomas bryant like and montrez harrell backing up that's that's a really good center rotation they got hachimura avdia kuzma kcp like all of these guys that can just kind of fill in and play their roles pretty well 
I, I like Dinwiddie if he's healthy. So I think I think they could potentially surprise some people this year. They, I think they, they could seem too. like a playing contender to me. Yeah, my my gut was telling me playing contender as well. And I was actually gonna say on that note, I was gonna mention Roy. Watch watch for Roy to may, maybe make a push for most improved player. He sh- he showed a lot last year, and I think especially his workouts his workouts this summer. I watched. It's it's gonna sound really crazy to say, but I actually did watch a few of like the Wizards practices and like a few of the media days, and every one of his or a lot of his teammates were talking high on his work ethic and how hard he's been working this year. And I mean, it was showing out in the preseason as well. He looked a lot better than he did last year. Yeah, just kind of watch out for watch out for the Wizards, man. I I don't really see them breaking to the upper tier of the East, which I would consider anywhere above the top five. But I mean, again, one of those fringe teams, anywhere between like maybe seven and eight and like twelve and thirteen, as you had mentioned. I think they definitely, with everyone healthy and kind of playing well, I think they definitely have that kind of potential. Yeah, no, I agree. Final thoughts. I'm looking at this now. Okay, why don't why don't we pick one team to nominate to move up or down? Why don't we? Uh... Now that we have this list, why don't we move some of the playing contenders up to playoff lock just to like, let's say, who do we think of those playing contenders ends up in the playoffs? Like looking at it right now, we've got seven East teams and six West teams. Yeah. In the, in the playoff lock and above. Yeah. So we need one, one East team one and two East West teams. Two West. Yeah. Okay. So gut instinct for me, I think Memphis. Yeah, I agree. I think Memphis is one of the West. The East is a bit harder for me. I think the last West could be the last West could be Portland. The last West could be the Clippers. Yeah. Again, I think I want to say Clippers, but it's, it's a big question mark with the Kawhi situation for me, because if, if come later in the season, let's say he hypothetically comes back game 70 and they make a 10 or 12 game push with him. I think that'll be enough of a bolster to push them into a playoff spot. But again, I mean, the same could be said about Port. Like Portland could easily be a four seed or a five seed. Yeah, like they could surprise everyone and come back kind of. The West is just so to go tough. Form. The West is the West is kind of a buzzsaw, man. If you if for the teams who aren't going to be on their horse early and take an early slide, it's going to be really hard to battle from behind, considering how many deep teams there are. I think I I would rather put Portland into the playoff lock. I think the Clippers could be in trouble this year. Yeah, I I agree with I agree with the Portland push. I think, if, Portland. I think if the Clippers get a little bit behind in the standings, they may just pull the plug and and sit Kawhi out, and just let them take the year off. But we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm not that comfortable putting the Clippers in. So I think Portland deserves that spot. Okay, so with the East team, how do you feel about the Knicks? I think it should be the Knicks. Personally. Yeah, okay. That was that was my gut as well. I I think kind of leaving them in the play in as opposed to other East teams, I feel like is a bit unjust. I think the Pacers are a really strong sleeper. I think I was the Hornets say, that was the, the and Pacers the Raptors. The only other one on my bubble. Yeah, yeah, Hornets and the, and the Raptors, and the, Raptors and the Wizards are all like I could see it, but I think it's it's more of a long shot. I'd be more comfortable putting the Knicks. The Knicks, the Knicks are a safer pick. I would say. I think the Pacers healthy. I think are just as much of a safe pick as the Knicks. I will say. I like this list. This looks right to me. Yeah, this I like this list. I really don't I really don't see any teams that are huge outliers here. Yeah, I think again, the Clippers have a question mark. I think if Kawhi comes back at any point and is fully healthy or somewhat healthy going into the playoffs, I think that they could be a playoff lock. But again, that's that's when he comes back, if he comes back fully healthy, how well he gels again. Even a team like Sacramento has shown a lot. I I really like watching them. They're just very exciting, so I would, I would like to see them make that kind of push. Do I think they will? It's kind of tough. I, I think it's a good list. I, I like yeah. what we have here. The West is just so strong, but I could see the Pelicans, Kings, or Timberwolves just kind of putting a, a really strong season together, especially with Simmons ends up going to the Kings or Timberwolves. Those are two of the teams that kind of he's been linked to sometimes. So 
that could push them over the hump, but I just think the West is too strong. Like to me, they're just not as good as Portland or Memphis. Yeah, I don't disagree. Okay, well, I'll pose this before we end up ending this episode. Let's say hypothetically that for this scenario, for whatever reason, it's 16 teams. The whole league is one big conference. Are we moving anyone from play-in contenders to playoff locks? Are we interchanging anything? Basically, what you're asking me right now is, do I think the Clippers should be swapped with the Knicks? <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. what I would come down to right now. Pretty much, I would say anyone, like if we're looking at this, like our viewers and you, I would say anyone to the Warriors and Mavericks of both tiers respectively and left, I would consider Memphis, Portland, and the Knicks to be the ones on the bubble. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, like, could the Pacers, are the Pacers better than Portland or Memphis? Maybe. If they're fully healthy, maybe. But I don't know. I, I honestly, I think this is the most balanced the league's been in a while. And I'd still feel more comfortable with the Knicks than the Clippers, honestly. I, I don't disagree. I thought I'd, I thought I kind of thought provoke you a little bit. I'd see what kind of, what I kind of, I think almost any other year, if we did this, like something would change. But right now, the East got a lot stronger. And I think it, it's almost, it's kind of pretty much balanced with the West at this point. Cause I, I know like we've both been watching basketball for a long time. And I know you remember the days when the East was a stronger conference than the West was. And now it flip flopped for a little bit. And now I think it's kind of the scales are kind of evening a little bit. I don't um, know if the East was ever really that much stronger. There well, was maybe it, like a one or yeah, two Yeah, like marginally stretch. stronger when it, when LeBron was on the Cavs. No, definitely not when LeBron was on the Cavs. I, I was thinking well, actually, maybe uh, well, his first couple years with the Heat when the Bulls were really good and the, yeah. the Celtics were still good. But even then, like the West was still really strong with like the Spurs and the Thunder and the, the Lakers. Warriors. Like I, I think the West well, not, has been not, better not than not the in East. 2011s. The Warriors weren't that strong. Yeah, no, later. but like the Spurs, Lakers, and Thunder were all really good, and and the yeah. Clippers were pretty good. And like, I think the West has pretty much always been better during our lifetime. I think yeah, the East has had individually some of the, like the best players in the league, but I will say as a whole, I think like maybe the top five teams could compete, and then besides that, it's kind of all like middle to lower tier teams. I will say. So thank you guys for joining us in our first episode of the second season of the Overline Sports Layup Line. Very happy as always to be joined by Nolan Russell. We've been very excited to get this back, uh, get this back going for you guys. The NBA season's got me all jittery, so I'm very excited to get back into basketball. I mean, this is the best way to do it. I have the quiz hopping back up soon. We we're kind of in the trial phase with a few episodes there. So I was kind of ironing a few things out, getting some more uh, editors going, ironing out the actual graphic itself. So we have a lot of promising stuff coming in the video department and even in the basketball content itself, Noel and I are going to be very active, giving you guys updates. Uh, we're going to be doing weekly episodes. We're going to be doing some more like creative content like this, some more visual stuff. And we're going to hopefully be posting some regular stuff on the Instagram as well on our behalf. So be sure to check that out. Nolan, is there anything you want to shout out real quick? I know you just dropped a huge article uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you haven't already, check out my two articles on the top 100 players in the upcoming NBA season. I just dropped part two today, which was the top 50 players. But aside from that, not all that much going on right now prior to the season, but I'm sure a lot of stuff is going to pick up once the, once the season starts. Yeah. And with that, that's all she wrote for the first episode of the second season. So as I mentioned before we got started, uh, be sure to let us know with any kind of content uh, that you guys want to see from us going forward. Anything you want us to see uh, covered, any hypotheticals, some big what if episodes, we'd definitely be down to do. We're going to be giving you guys hopefully weekly updates during the NBA season, letting you know who's hot and who's not, kind of what trends are going uh, in every, every which way. So be sure to look out for that. Nolan's going to be active as always on the articles. I'm going to get back on the article train as well. I've been very busy settling back into school, but I'm going to get back in the swing of things as well with the quiz. And with that, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the lesson. Have a great day and don't miss your layups.